0: How is your perspective changed because you know Jesus and you follow Jesus? Do You look at things from his point of view. We're going to talk about how to do that today with Alan Wright, who's the lead pastor of Renolda Church in North Carolina, a 110-year-old Presbyterian congregation, vibrantly renewed and meeting in four cities. He's also a popular conference speaker and author. He has written, Seeing as Jesus Sees, How a New Perspective Can Defeat the Darkness and awaken joy pastor Alan Wright joins us this morning good morning Alan good morning Deb. it's so good to be with you what a great what a great perspective though to just focus on seeing ourselves and seeing others how Jesus sees uh, us um, what a what a great way to alter your perspective I, I just I love it
1: well if you think about uh, most of our spiritual growth really if I look back over my life it hasn't been so much that I did something is I saw something. Mm. Uh, hmm. The finished work of Jesus and his cross and his resurrection has made sure our salvation, uh, when, you're, when you're born again, it really is more you, you see it and believe it. And, and I think that so much of spiritual growth. And I, I, I think, you know, just day by day, how, how much uh, our lives are being shaped by the way we see things, and so some years ago, a friend asked, uh, is there a book on how Jesus sees things? You know, we, we had the, the big movement of what would Jesus do, but but maybe a more important question is, how does he see things? And um, so I just began praying this prayer uh, three or four years ago. Jesus, how do you see this? You know, just a little pause, a moment mm-hmm. to spiritually connect with Christ during the day, and then be willing to look again, and a new perspective can change everything.
0: That's right. So what are some of the blind spots that you've seen with people as far as the way we see things and how it differs from how Jesus sees it?
1: Well, uh, let's talk about ourselves, because one one big section of the book is about seeing ourselves as Jesus sees us. And, you know, I would just take from my own life, um, my my childhood heart was broken in fourth grade when my dad left home. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in many ways a wonderful man and, uh, and well known in our community, but he also struggled with alcohol. And, you know, anyone who's been through brokenness or uh, any sort of uh, that level of, of disappointment can have uh, some wrong lenses that they start wearing. Uh, the lenses I wore were probably called shame. Like, is there something wrong with me? Um, if I were to perform better, would Dad come back home? Mm-hmm. You see, it begins to slant sin slants the way we see things, and so when it distorts the view of ourselves, we can live Deb with just a an ongoing blind
0: spot. Mm-hmm. We, we
1: can we can think that God's disappointed in us all the time. We can think that we haven't done enough for God, and it causes us to you know just miss the beauty and the glory and the power of the gospel. I think also that in that section, it's important that we realize that sometimes when we are condemning ourselves for our lack of faith, maybe maybe Jesus is more like he was with Peter sank in the water, and he said, oh, you little faith. But Charles Spurgeon preached a great, great sermon many years ago on this, saying, you know, a little faith is still some faith. It's real faith. Mm-hmm. And um, God can use a little bit of faith. He can take a seed of faith. So we've got blind spots about what God might be able to do in our lives, and maybe if we saw ourselves from his perspective, and certainly someone's listening right now that needs to know that Jesus can forgive you and does forgive you, and um, and, and we look at our own lives through our mistakes so often condemning ourselves. But we also have blind spots towards others. I mean, who, who among us is just, just in, in the daily course of life, we misunderstand? And, and the problem is, so often we think we do understand. Like I'm just positive. Uh, I mean, it was just I had one yesterday. I I, I got an invoice from someone. <laughs> they had done some work for me, and it was way higher than I thought. And I just <laughs> learned to pause. I Jesus, okay. How do you see this? I feel like ranting a little bit right now. You know, we all. Do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it, it, thankfully, I, I said I sent a nice note back. You know, as a pastor, you you, you just. It's incumbent to be nice, at least, and uh, and, I, and I got a gracious email about, Oh, I sent you the wrong invoice.
0: uh, oh, that could have turned out wow. so differently. Can
1: you can you imagine if I, you know, who's been leading a church in our city <laughs> for twenty seven years, had just taken off on on him, and I, I would have been totally misunderstanding it. Well, how often does this happen day by day? I, and and I, I love the story where where a woman anoints Jesus' feet. She's called a sinful woman. And the Pharisee, who is hosting the event, thinks in his heart, if this man were a prophet, he would know what sort of woman this is, and and he wouldn't let her do this. But he didn't understand Jesus at all. But Jesus did read the Pharisee's thoughts Mm -hmm. and said to the Pharisee, do you see this woman? That's the first thing he said. I love that. Do you see a woman, or do you just see a sinner? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see a? Do you see a, a human being who's made a little lower than the angels? See, Jesus saw her for who she was made to be, mm-hmm. and I just want the Lord to give me those sorts of eyes. And in any given situation, instead of rushing to judgment, pause, ask Jesus, "How do you see this person?" And sometimes, haven't we all been there, uh, where? We think there's someone who will be totally antagonistic to the gospel, and so we wouldn't even try to share with them. And then later we find out they were so receptive. And then there are other times where I was like, I should have shaken the dust off my feet a little while ago, you know, and I'm still, like, talking to them to death. So how does Jesus just Mm. see other people? we got a lot of blind spots like that. And and the third main section is about how Jesus sees the world. Because in these... uh, harrowing and troubled and concerning times, I think we need Jesus' eyes, maybe more than ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very interesting. Uh, The the book takes readers on a, a kind of different Bible study. Instead of looking at Jesus or learning from principles he's teaching, it sort of invites the reader shoulder to shoulder with the Savior to look out at a scene through his eyes. So we need to stand with him on the Mount of Olives as he weeps over Jerusalem. Or, or stand with him as he, as he enters the city and says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long? I long to gather you like a mother hen her chicks. Because some of the things I realize that I get angry about, Jesus was more sad and he grieved. And maybe sometimes our anger is masking our grief and we need the comfort and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So for ourselves, for others, and for the world, I, I think without Jesus' eyes, we don't see it accurately. But with his eyes, it changes everything mm,
0: that's so good there's so there's a lot of us that um, make the assumption that we're not good enough to be used by God because we're not good enough christians we we see ourselves as a comparison to others or what we perceive as others and I think you know if we were to try and see ourselves and our our faith the way jesus sees us it would let us it would give us a lot of freedom it would release us from a lot of that stress wouldn't it it
1: would it would it would change everything and uh, I, I i just when i when i began to go back to the story of peter sinking and you know we always hear that and we preach that oh look at peter you know he he took his eyes off jesus and he sank and but i went back on end uh, of that story and tried to look at it through jesus eyes and I realize the most important words maybe in that whole story are in in verse twenty nine which says "Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water mm-hmm. <laughs> at least for a few steps. <laughs> Peter walked on the water, yeah. and other than Jesus, nobody in history has ever done that, and Jesus didn't condemn him. I think that his is when he called him a little uh oh little you've little faith it's actually one word in greek it's it means little faith one. And um, mm. I th- I've come to understand that it, it wasn't a term of condemnation. Jesus didn't shame. It was sort of his pet term. But but he, he works with little faith ones. And, you know, if you think about two people, uh, they're going to fly from Chicago to, to L.A. And, and, and one is a million miler who is a seasoned flyer, and he gets on the plane full of faith, big faith. And he takes a nap or does some work or enjoys a meal. And then someone else who is flying for the first time and is scared and, and gets on and grips the, the, the armrests and is nervous the whole time. and it, Well, one had a lot of faith, and the other had just a little bit of faith. But they both got to L.A. And mm-hmm. I'd rather have a whole lot of faith than a little faith. But I, I just would want our listeners to know a little faith can take you a long way. And I think that's the way Jesus sees us.
0: So how do we get that faith? What does it take to... To have that faith, Alan.
1: When, when we see, as Jesus sees, this is how faith is born. And one of the things that happens is that we see how Jesus is looking at storms, how he's looking at life. So, for example, if we're afraid, maybe it's the best thing to do is not just say, Jesus, help me not be afraid, but to endeavor to look at the storm through his eyes. He, he sees it differently, and he wants to invite us into that perspective. When I was a, a little kid, I was old enough not to be afraid, but I was afraid when we went to a stupid haunted house. I can't remember how old I was. I, I don't believe in those things. They're terrible. Don't go to a haunted house, anybody. But I was, I was a kid, and I, I don't know, maybe I was 10 or something, You know, like I should be a big guy now. But my older brother was there, and, um, and he was about 6'2", and I was a little kid. And for whatever reason, Frankenstein picked on me. Every corner he'd jump around. <laughs> he, he, he would jump around the corner and he'd, he'd be, he'd be boo, you know, and, and I would try not to be scared, but I was until after, after this went on for a long time, I finally just kind of it was obvious. I was getting a tear in my eye and my big brother, David, I'll never forget it. I love him for it to this day. He was taller than Frankenstein and he looked Frankenstein right in the eye and he said, hey, Leave my little brother alone, because he was scared.
0: <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> I was, yeah,
1: I was humiliated. I was like, oh, no, I wasn't scared. <laughs> no, I'm fine.
0: I, I wasn't scared at all. <laughs>
1: no, I was, not at all, not at all. Yeah. But Frankenstein left, left me alone for the rest of that time. And the reason I tell the story is, think of how differently my brother saw Frankenstein than I did. Yeah. Frankenstein was a guy dressed up in a costume, some teenager or something in a costume, you know. And my brother... Saw him just as that, some dude in a costume, who uh, my brother could easily uh, take if they got in a fight. But as a little kid, Frankenstein started looking real to me. So mm-hmm. what I what I needed, what I needed was if I could see Frankenstein the way my brother did. If if we could see life through Jesus's eyes, we're going to have faith. Jesus, in fact, said, "I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky." Wow. And when we're in the spiritual battle, I'd like to have Jesus's perspective that we have a defeated foe. So as we say, Jesus, how do you see this? What's happening is we're, we're pausing from the ordinary course of life for a mini Sabbath, a mindful moment, a little pause to take a deep breath and just connect spiritually because Jesus promised that he's the light of the world. And that whoever follows him will not stumble in the darkness, but would have the light of life. And so I think he wants to answer that prayer. He wants to invite us into that vision that he has. And just let yourself, just even if you had a minute, you know, can just start. That's the thing about this. You can start today. Jesus, how do you see this? And and then be willing to admit that maybe I'm seeing it incorrectly and Mm. look again. Look again. And maybe you'll be looking with eyes of faith this time. I think that's how it works.
0: Mm, that's great. Pastor, how do we get our hands on this book, and how do we uh, read more of uh, your teaching and, and your insights?
1: You can get the book at any retailer, or, or con- just just go to pastorallen.org, um, where we've got lots of free resources there, and a daily blessing that I write every day, and uh, just... Uh, you can sign up or it, get it for free. Lots of other free resources, including I've done a uh, video series on Seeing as Jesus Sees that um, you can access if you want to get the book from us. Either way, pastorallen.org for lots of resources or
0: your favorite retailer. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much. I, I love the insight. Mm-hmm. I love, I love I the, the approach. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. I really do appreciate you being on today.
1: Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Deb. God bless you guys.